Joe presents TKO together with 32 Red. Welcome to TKO on Joe together with 32 Red. We're a podcast and YouTube show with you every Thursday. Now, last week we came down to see Carl do an update on his camp and we're hoping to grab a few interviews with some of the guys in the camp as well. Martin Murray was just walking out the door when we got here, as was Chantel Cameron. Tommy Coyle was still here. Now, I think most of you watching this would have seen what he went through in New York three weeks ago. A difficult decision for Jamie Moore to pull him out towards the end of the fight. He was just taking a little bit too much punishment. Um, his eyesight wasn't quite right and Jamie had to make a decision as a fighter who's been there himself that really was geared towards the care of his friends rather than the charge of his fighter. We sat down to have a chat with Tommy for what we anticipated would be maybe five or six minutes. It ended up being 25 very emotional minutes, I think, a point of realisation for Tommy that actually he's going to find quite difficult to digest over the coming weeks. We decided as a result to clip the interview up into a separate show. This is round 22 of TKO. Tommy Coyle. Tommy Coyle is in the house, looking fresh as well, mate. Three weeks ago, not quite so much after. You've healed up a treat, mate. Yeah, no, um, it's good to be back in the gym, seeing the lads having the crack, having the banter. Mm. As you can hear him in the background, you know. <laughs> How are you feeling after New York? Yeah, I'm a bit flat to be fair. Gussed that um <laughs> Nobody takes anything serious in this gym. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah, a bit flat, but what an experience. It was a, a great opportunity, great experience, loved every second of it. Give it me all in there, just just not quite good enough. I think it was about was it three days ago you watched it back? I saw you tweet and you said, um, got to face the music. Not an easy thing to do. We did it with Carl with, with the Josh Warrington fight. What did you think when you watched it back? I actually went to watch it on the Saturday when I tweeted it. I turned it off. Did you? And then I invited our Joe around on Sunday because he'd obviously been over to New York and we in the camp. And um, decided to watch it on the Sunday. And do you know what? I was in the fight for the first four rounds. You know, it was a huge you know, opposition. It was much bigger... Uh, much stronger, but I was in the fight for four rounds. But the difference was the experience. You know, usually when I'd get fighters hurt, previously I've managed to get rid of them, get them out of there, but he just shut up the shop, you know, recovered, went back to his corner, regrouped, come out and, and started again. And it was quite, you know, noticeable watching it back. He was just a, a much better, much more experienced fighter. Was it hard for you to regroup after round two because you nearly had him out of there, but then suddenly you're facing a guy that sort of seemed recovered and refreshed in round three? Did that take a little bit out of you mentally? The body shot in round three took the life out of me. It didn't take anything out of me mentally because I'd gone into the fight knowing it was going to be an absolute war. Um, I was prepared to do that for 12 rounds, but the the body shot did take the life out of me and uh, just emptied the tank. And I, I, I say it's a mistake, looking back, it, it wasn't a mistake, but in that round eight, uh, I was seeing double vision. And I've gone back to the corner and said, oh, I'm seeing double J. And obviously, safety first and foremost for Jay, you know, with Powell's family. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't said anything now, I could have gritted it out and grinded it out. And when you're in there, you always think you can turn the fight around. Well, I do anyways, but... Yeah, looking back, the fight was starting to run away from me. I was taking clean shots, and it was the, it was the right decision from Jamie. 
hard to accept at the time, wasn't it? I could see how difficult it was for you to... It's hard now to accept four weeks later. I'm gutted. I'm absolutely devastated. It's probably... It's probably the hardest thing I've had to, um, to do in, in, in the fight game. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow, this one. Mm. And that, that says a lot, given the kind of ups and downs you've had in your career. Yeah, I think it's because I know that the end is near, do you know what I mean? If not, the end. So, it's just... I love fighting. I, 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 I don't just say this for sound bites, by the way. I don't just say it because it sounds good in interviews. I genuinely fucking love fighting. Mm. And, yeah, to think that I might, might not be able to do it anymore, it's quite sad, really. Yeah, it must be difficult, as you say, knowing the end is near. Do you feel, because I know you were tweeting about, you know, saying, well, maybe one last fight against Ryan Garcia if it was in oh. Vegas or something like that. <laughs> Jamie, by the way, has just shouted no. There were a few people tweeting saying, listen, you're a hero in, in your home city. You've done so much for the sport. You've had an amazing career. But, you know, a lot of people kind of seem to say, you know, think about your health and your family and, and the future. What do you feel like when you read those kind of comments? Because people are so in support of you, but they're also looking out for your health as a Jamie and everyone else in the gym. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it is nice to have so many, you know, care about you, say nice things. But I guess you're the last to admit, it, aren't you? Um, I just I feel like on the back of that performance and how I feel as a person, I still feel like I've got something to offer. But I've, I've had a few different means with a few different people that. I know care about me and are smart and are looking from the outside and it's made me it's made me consider I think first and foremost I need to get the information. I need to find out if my eyes are okay, I need to find out if I'm healthy. And then there's the time in the you know, I'm I'm not gonna be time waits for nobody, you're just gonna mm. keep getting older. And I need to work out if I've got the ability. I, I read something earlier and it said if you fail 10 times and you quit, then you're a quitter. But if you fail 50 times and you don't quit, then you're daft. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to be daft, but I don't want to be a quitter as well. So I'm just trying to work out whether I'd be a quitter or I'd be daft. I guess that's when you rely on good people around you yeah. who have your best interests at heart, isn't it? Yeah, of course. And, you know, everybody is advising me not to. Um, it's hard for me to do this interview because genuinely I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. And it's quite upsetting, really. Honestly, it's hard. I do want to carry on fighting, but I want to be around for the next 50 years as well, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the problem in boxing, isn't it? You always hear it's that like one last fight syndrome, isn't it? And fighters yeah. that always just want to have just one more, just one more, just one more. And then you see guys like Danny Williams, who we've talked about before, still fighting 10, 15 years after their prime. And it's they're the worrying ones that, as you say, you don't want to drift into that territory. I never won one of these fighters of war which retires and then 18 months, you know, I'm coming back and I don't want to be one of those fighters. I want to name my bed online. I, I genuinely don't need to fight. I'd probably be better off if I didn't fight. Yeah. Because I'd be able to give me my businesses and some of my, my projects, like passionate projects I've got going, full attention. But there's nothing like... Having a fight, I've said it a million times, and again, not saying it for sound bites, it makes me a better person, like having that physicality. There's only two things in my life what have ever chilled me out, and that's horse riding and fighting. Really? Yeah, 100%. My missus used to have an horse. I used to go horse riding, it was the only thing what chilled me out. How about you an horse? 
Uh -huh. Jamie just said, I'll buy you a horse. <laughs> I can ride like fun, man. So can Carl. You should have you seen him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can ride like the wind. Maybe that's your second vocation, something. <laughs> so maybe we get you. You're not that big. We could, we could trim you down, get you into the uh, Grand National for, for a wild card. Why not? I can ride, definitely. You know what? The first thing I wanted to do when I, um, I finished the fight, I wanted to buy a jet ski. Because, like, going, playing golf or anything doesn't satisfy me or going for a walk or something. It just doesn't float my boat. I need to be doing something fast and mm. dangerous. Mm. And th that's why I box. That's why I have the crack in the gym and that. I love, I love being in the mixer. I love having the crack, being centre of attention, if you like, or, you know, just mm. being a, a balloon, just having, having the crack. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, honestly. This interview sounds hard it. as well. It sounds it, mate. Well, I appreciate you sharing it with me because I know it's not easy. What do your, what do your family think? Yeah, I think they just want me to be a family man. Yeah. My dad don't want me to fight no more. He said to me, "Is that the last one now?" And yeah, you know, I'm sure the kids would love me to spend more time at home as well, training, coming over to Manchester and being away, going out on a night to your second session when the kids are just going to bed. So I think everyone's for me retiring, and maybe I will. I think the only fight I would have would be if it was a fight in a place. It's not even about... Like, people say, oh, just one more, you know, try and pay the mortgage off some night. It's not about that. It'd be location for me. It'd be fighting... A, and I wouldn't want to fight a kid that I'm nailed on to win because that, that ain't me, do you know what I mean? I'd want to go in there and have a right fight, go out there and, and try and try and win and win big. Like, really put the chips down. Maybe a fight on the West Coast, somewhere I've never been. Jamie, can, can you just come here for a sec? <laughs> I just want to ask, just come and, come and squeeze in. So... Hearing all this and hearing what you've said, I think I know what your answer to this is going to be. Staring him out. Is there any circumstance under which you would let him fight again? Listen, it's not about me letting him fight. I have to voice my me, me opinion, and it's only because I care about him so much, and I understand the dangers. I've been through this myself, don't forget. Yep. I know how difficult it is, and I understand him having these aspirations, but where do you stop? Mm. Where do you stop? You know, you, you could box in Vegas next time. And then, and then a whole homecoming. A, a show comes up in Dubai, <laughs> and then what? You know, there really is no end. Then it's like, yeah, exactly, a homecoming in Hull. Uh, you won't ever. I, my, my advice is to him. I understand that he wants to fight. I, I went through it for many years myself. You never get rid of that urge to fight. You learn to deal with it. So I said to him, just don't think that if you have one more fight, you'll get rid of that urge. You won't. It'll stay with you. It'll take you at least two years to learn to live with it. But at some point, everyone's got to come to terms with it. Does that make it any easier hearing that it's not just you thinking that it's got to be one more fight, that it actually is just an urge that never leaves you from someone that's been there, done it, and, and successfully hung up the gloves? Yeah, listen, I respect what Jamie says as well, but it's just tough to accept. Yeah. It's real tough. Honestly, this interview's tough, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I nearly come back a couple of times. You know, me and Nige... Nige actually talked me out of it um, once on a run. 
we went out for a run. How long ago was this? This would have been 2012. So right. a couple of years after I retired, I was going to go in prize fighter, and I went for a run. I went for a run because I wanted to start my proper training, and I said, I'll come with you. And then three and a half miles into it, he taught me out of it. Mm. And that's because he cared for me, and it was the right sort of advice. 20, but, 23 years I've been fighting. All I've done every single day for 23 years is go to the gym and have a fight and train and that. And fuck. But you can't do it for another 23 years, Tom, and that's the thing. At some point, it has to come to an end. Like, not, not going down the gym and whatever, and not coming near with all the boys and stuff. I that upset. I won't stop you. I won't stop you. Nigel's just said, come, come down here, come down with you. You'd get him a job, wouldn't you? I'll let you back in. <laughs> you can carry the spitball kit like Rocky did. <laughs> <laughs> he can't be poorly. He can't be poorly if you're poorly, can he? You can't have two poorlies. Paulie needs an assistant, though, do not I'll be Mick and he can be Rocky. <laughs> no, he's, he's hard. He's mm. real hard. The last year and a half of my career's been the best. Mm. All my, like, my new mates and that. I had some great, great fights. I've been all over the world. And it's hard to think that. That's it. It's the, tough, it's the toughest thing I ever did as a fighter. Um, up until having to pull him out of Madison Square Garden yeah, the other week. Yeah. It's the most difficult decision you ever make. But in the long run, you learn to understand it was the best decision you ever made because... I'm still fully functional, you know. Hopefully, in ten years' time, I'll still be able to write my own name. Mm. And and these are all questions which remain unanswered for years to come. Mm. And the more stuff you do early on now, towards the end of your career, when you start of questioning it, that's probably the biggest answer you need. If you're questioning it, then you, you know you already know the answer. You know what scares me as well. Like, I'm quite I'm quite crackers. I've Got a bit of carnage in me, definitely, and I don't know what I'd be like without it, mm. without boxing. Genuinely, like I've got a bit. Of... You need it. You feel like you need yeah, it. Yeah, hundred percent. And that, it scares me a bit thinking some of the things I might do without it. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's genuine. So you got to look out for your man, then I guess, don't you? Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. And all you can do is you can advise him. You're never gonna tell him what to do because he's a grown man he's an adult but at the end of the day if, I, if it was down to me and it was my choice yeah, I wouldn't allow him to fight but he's, he's, a, he's a human being he's a grown man it's his own life and uh, listen that's why I'm there for at the end of the day I'm employed to look after him and, and not only try to get him to win but to, to look after him at the end of the day mm. My producer size just passed me a really interesting thought it says everyone wants to be a champion but for you is it okay and do you have enough closure knowing that you were just the best version of Tommy Cole that you could have been? Yeah, I do. I know I'm not a world-class fighter and never going to be a world champion. I'm entertaining, I'm game, and I like to think I'm a good person. But I would have loved to have been a world champion, yeah. 100%. But I'm not. And you know what? I don't think boxing will define me anyway. I really don't. I've got so much going on in the past four weeks I've had an unbelievable idea which will change boxing in Hull and hopefully a load of people will copy my idea and take it nationwide and I think it'll solve a lot of the antisocial behaviour that's occurring so boxing won't define me I'll go on to to have another career in my community but 
I would have loved to have been a world champion, yeah, definitely. But I'm just not good enough sometimes. Being tough's not enough. Mm. If they give him out for heart, he'd have been a three-way world champion. Yeah. So, but listen, it, technically, it, he's not doing himself justice there. I've got to be honest. If you watch the Chris Algeri fight back, he's probably fighting the best he's ever fought. Yep. That's another reason why it's, it's tough and it's frustrating for him. But... There was small little differences between Chris Algeria's performance and Tommy's. Tommy's shots were too wide, so he didn't shorten his shots up when he had him hurt. His decision-making was erratic when it should have been calm and collected, whereas Chris Algeria's, when it should have been or could have been erratic when he's hurt, was calm and calculated. And they're the little tiny differences. It's not an ability thing. It's a decision-making thing, yeah. and that's all it is. And that's why there's a difference between, you know, a British-level fighter, say, mm-hmm. and a world-level fighter. It's those small little calculations and the decisions what you make as you go through a fight. I think the thing is, I have to go through so much. Um, I take a lot of shots to go. I have to go through so much in a fight to win. And I do understand that if I was going to fight again to get a win, uh, a good level, I... I I'd have to go through so much. And it's, it's the effect let's, at level. Let's, let's be honest now, what do you say? What? I say to him, box. You've got a lovely boxing brain. Yeah, he goes, it hurts me, Ed. It takes too much thinking. Do you know, do you know what it's... There you go. I, to box, to use, like, a, what I say, a chess mindset, mm. it tires me out. But whereas if, if I'm standing and fighting, I can go and go and go, just get a rhythm with it. And, um, yeah, the boxing side of it and playing chess, if you like, sword fencing... Drives me crackers. So that shows you there's a little window into the insight in why, in a sort of strange sort of way, he should retire. Because it's not like he can make the decision to go, listen, I'm going to box and I'll look after myself. I'll look after my long-term health because I know it's the right thing to do. He'll get in there, get it on the chin, and he'll go, you know what, I'm going to have it. That's what that's why people like him. You know, sat here right now, the way I feel or the way I've felt for the last four weeks... I don't want to feel like it's for the next 50 years, seriously. And I know I've still got 50 years left on this planet. Mm. You won't. Anyone will tell you. Johnny Nelson explained it to me, and he, and, and he was the one who said to me, it'll take you two years. It'll take you two years to learn to live with it. You won't ever get rid of it. I still feel like fighting now, and I'm 50. These were his words. And he said, um, and, you know, you'll learn to deal with it. So that's all. You, you'll learn to deal with it. Come on, we'll help you through it, son. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, f- I didn't know what his podcast was today. I thought it was doing some with Carl. <laughs> thought we were having a nice, happy podcast. Oh, hey, it's been like Oprah, isn't it? Have you heard the story about him at the um, fighters' meetings? No. Oh, Here's okay. one for you. So, we're at the fighters' meetings in New York, and I said to him, right downstairs at uh, half six, goes down, <laughs> walks into the boardroom, everyone sat round. So, the fighters' meetings are for the TV producers and, and the company to find out about the fighters. And they go, hi, Tommy, so where do you think you get your fighting art from? So he goes, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Goes into this market traders, my dad, his potter, always loved having a fight. And he's got everyone on the edge of the seat. They're all loving these stories. He's told about seven stories. And in the end, they're going, listen, lads, we've got to go. Everyone's waiting outside. And he goes, right, thanks, Tommy. And he goes, right, OK. And he's, like, really confused. And we get up and walks out and he goes... What was that? I was looking for the referee. I thought it was the rules meeting. I said, why have you just told him seven stories about your dad in the markets? I thought thought he was just asking questions. (laughs) Absolutely stole the show. But the girl from The Zone said, all we spoke about this morning at the production meeting is Tommy Coyle and Andy Joshua's top of the bill. So there you go. 
that's why it's hard for him because he's just finding that little niche where he's liked and people love him. Mm. He's like a British guy. Yeah, that's another but, thing as well. Like, um, I think anybody will agree with you. When you, you like, I love being in this atmosphere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to think that like, you're going, like, you've been around him, this crazy bastard over here, and just being in this environment is wicked. And then to think that you're going to retire and maybe come out of it, it's quite daunting. Mm. Empty that bin. <laughs> I will. Yeah, you'll, you'll have a job, mate. You'll That's have a job. Empty the bins. <laughs> you're shit you, by the way. He takes me um, during the podcast. What guidelines, what you're doing. No guidelines, what we're talking about. I'm going to do the podcast. He doesn't even know what he's fucking talking no, about. No, I haven't got... I, was just, I just thought I'd grab you. This wasn't planned we're at all. Wing, I was just grabbing right. you to have a little so chat. So haven't done it yet, yeah, this is it. That was only a, a warm-up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've we ran out of time. That's no, ended up being your... That's definitely, that's definitely your bit. Hey. 100%. That's the full episode. You need to stop yeah. fucking talking. Carl, you can go home, son. Nigel, <laughs> <laughs> nice. you got a tissue for Tom? Tiny tears. <laughs> Fuck off, I'm not. Wait till over the next six months. You all stop crying? Yeah. You just end up... You're an emotional wreck. I yeah. am an emotional kid anyways, me. Yeah. Like, you won't imagine, real emotional. Mm. You need to find something else. It's not gonna, not getting smashed in your face, but it's gonna give you that I definitely thrill. need to find something else, 100%. Mate, maybe it is horse riding, maybe it is, do you know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to find that next stage of your life. Because you've got to remember, you know, if you're 50 years left on this planet, and you, you, know, you know you're not gonna be able to fight when you're 80, 70, 60, 50, there has to come a point where you stop. So for mm. those last 30 years, you'd have to find something else. Do you know anyway. what I think today I've realised as well coming here? Speaking like uh, Jamie say that, I think I realised it's over. Yeah. So I think that's done me in that a bit today. You right? Yeah. It's like I think it's it's done and it's over. Yeah. Just a bit. Just just having a moment, mate. Having a moment. Just having a little moment, mate. It's all good. Cheers for that. You've been listening to TKO on Joe, together with Thirty Two Red.